1: I mean, I think a lot of these bands um, catch on to a lot of the clichés that are going on in heavy metal today. We try and and shy away from as many of them as we can while still still doing the sort, I mean, in heavy metal, everything's already been done before, but we're trying to avoid as many of the clichés as we can, and I think some of the other speed metal bands and sort of underground thrash metal bands are just taking in all these clichés and it gets so unexciting or interesting. Plus I think also from a musical standpoint we have a bit more to offer just from the point of view that we try and put as much into the music as we can in terms of of the song arrangings and song writings and tempo changes and stuff like that and I think we're also maybe a little bit more serious musicians than most of these other bands so sort of all that thrown in together there's Metallica. (laughs)
0: And welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Travis. Got my brother Quentin here with me, as always. And that was the voice of Mr. Lars Ulrich in an interview, an MTV interview clip in 1985. He was talking about um, what makes Metallica different and some of the other thrash metal bands that were coming out around, around that time. And um, I think this record in particular that we're talking about, which is ride the lightning is when you really start to see that, that shift that makes them so uh, unique. So Q we finally arrived at the Metallica episode, an episode that was, you know, destined to happen since, since the inception of this podcast.
2: Yeah. There's a handful of artists that like before we even started recording and like before we even like right when we had this idea to do this podcast, we were like, all right, we're definitely gonna be covering these guys. At some point we gotta cover this album, you know. Metallica is for sure one of those bands.
0: Yeah. Well the the funny thing is like forever I've I've had Injustice for All as the album that we're gonna talk about. And for whatever reason, the last few weeks I was like, you know what, let's talk about Ride the Landing. We'll talk about injustice later, um, but what I like about Ride the Lightning in particular, if you're familiar with Kill 'Em All, their first album, it's like super like it's essentially like thrash metal being defined. You know, like they're really one of the first bands to to come out of the thrash metal like underground scene. Like they help define the genre, and it's super fast and and thrashy and like a little bit of you know punk rock mixed in there and whatnot. And then Ride the Lightning is when they started doing the things that metallica has always done which is like innovate and like you know that's kind of what Lars was saying in that interview clip there stray away from like the cliches and stuff of, of metal that's what they've always tried to do
2: okay i just want to ask you a few questions real quick you you mentioned thrash metal you used the word thrashy to describe it, like it, you know, the the guitars are a bit thrashy. Are you, all you're saying really is it's like really fast, super metal, fast, right? Yeah. That's that's what thrash metal that's is. What it is. Okay. That's
0: essentially what it is. Like if you want to boil it down, I mean, that's what it is. Basically, what what thrash metal was doing uh, was taking like the uh, the European style heavy metal influence and blending it with some punk rock from the 80s. To, to make the faster,
2: that faster metal sound. What are some European metal bands that, that you could name off as, as influences for these guys for like metal? motorhead
0: bands, like, you know,
2: iron maiden, Def leopard. See, that's the thing. I just didn't know the origin. You know, I didn't know those were European bands. So,
0: okay. All right. So anyway, um, cool. like I said on the last episode, I don't want to get bogged down in like the history and like the details and like the facts and stuff of Metallica, because I it's Metallica. If you're you know, yeah. if you're a Metallica fan and you're listening to this episode, you're not going to learn anything new from me, right? Th- that's not what this episode is about. Like we're going to just listen to the tunes and I'm going to talk about why I love Metallica so much basically. If you want to learn and dive into Metallica, uh you know, for starters, you could go and listen to to uh, Martin Popoff's podcast episode that he did a couple weeks back that we had mentioned, uh, earlier where he dove into five Metallica songs and like the history of their production. That was, um, the history in five songs. So that's, um, another, another podcast on, on our network Pantheon podcast. Um, but my point, my point being is like, there's plenty of other places where you can get deep, deep dives into Metallica's history and what, you know, Metallica's, uh, you know, techniques and all that stuff. Like this episode is just about playing the songs and 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 talking about the songs. That's it.
2: Well, let's just let's just put it this way, you know, if it's a somewhat or fairly popular band and we're doing an episode on it, we're not going to dive into the history. You know, we'll 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 cover we'll get into that stuff with more obscure bands. You know, but that's we're we're not that that's that's not the purpose of of this podcast yet. But but like Travis was saying. I guarantee you, if you go to the to the main like Pantheon podcast feed, and you know search Metallica or search any other like more mainstream band that we might cover on No Filler, guarantee you you will find a, a, at least a handful of episodes that that dive a little bit deeper into these bands in the in the network. So, right,
0: we're more about sharing the tunes and talking about why we love them. That's it.
2: And you know what tunes we're sharing.
0: The ones that aren't singles? The ones, that, well, I'm going to make an exception today though, Q, but we'll talk about that in a second. What? So, um, No, I know. That's fine. So again, so we're talking about Ride the Lightning today, uh, and this is their second album. Uh, Kill them All came out first. And uh, before we start playing tunes from this record, I wanted to play just one one clip, one tiny clip from um, their first album, Kill Em All, because number one, it's one of my favorite like Metallica intros, like in their, in their discography, because of how, like in your face, uh, Kirk Hammett's guitar playing is. Um, And I think it'll give a good, a good contrast into kind of what, what their next evolution was when they went to ride the lightning. Okay. So just real quick, we're going to play this song um, because I, I just love the guitar solo. Uh, And and that's the thing. It's right out the gate with the guitar solo. So that's awesome. All right, this song is called No Remorse. Q is your face melted off yet I'm picking up my lips from the floor <laughs> all right so I just wanted to play that clip real quick because it's one of my favorite little intros and I think what I always associate with kill em all is just how like relentless it was you know what I mean like right up, like the guitars are like piercing you know it's almost like you're getting fucking stabbed over and over again
2: it's almost like they're trying to shove metal right up your
0: ass yes pretty much dude <laughs> you're bending over, and it's gone right up there,
2: and you're taking it right up the tailpipe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. So when you get to ride the lightning, the songwriting, the the song structures, and like the arrangements, kind of like Lars was saying, got a little bit more sophisticated. With this next record. Yeah, and record. he talks
2: about, like, kind of switching up tempos throughout a song and just trying to steer steer clear from all the, like, stereotypes or... Exactly. Well, I don't think he said stereotypes. No, he said cliches. I, you know. He kept
0: saying cliches. Cliches, there yeah, we go. Yeah, so, and what's funny to me, you know, and this is a tangent, but having come off the episode where we talked about Kimis and how they were almost embracing those cliches, Kimis is trying to, to recapture some of that and sort of repackage it, you know, and like make it their own versus Metallica when they were coming out with thrash metal and whatnot, you know, metal prior to, to the early eighties and stuff, you know, was kind of, and what it became throughout the eighties too, with all the hair metal stuff was kind of like, eh, you know, and they famously like, would were kind of like rally against the hair metal bands and how cliche it was, you know, and all the, the 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 makeup and the in the outfits and stuff you know this was kind of the the anti that
2: you know is metallica or are they the first like the prototype thrash metal band
0: they were definitely on the forefront of it and helped like define okay. it but because they're so they were so innovative and would constantly innovate and never wanted to repeat themselves every album they sort of you know it's it builds on the last one you know but they're always changing like their first you know i was you know i've talked about this before but like their first four records is like primo metallica you know and master of puppets is like considered one of the best metal albums of all time you know that was their third record but every it seems like with metallica fans even even at the second record with Ride the Lightning, some of their hardcore fans were like disappointed at, at them because of, you know, they go from Kill 'Em All, which was like an unapologetic thrash metal, like in your face metal album. And then on Ride the Lightning on Fade to Black, you know, the fourth track on the album, they have this, it's, it's almost like a ballad, like an acoustic, it starts with acoustic guitars. It's more like slow and like ballad-like.
2: And their fans were like, "What are you guys doing?" You know. So then they just continued to be disappointed. Then, like, if you're you're saying they're continuing, continuing to evolve every episode, (laughs) episode. Dude, why do we mix up the words album and episode all the time? It's a great question.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, you can't Uh, please everybody, obviously. But I'm saying what I'm talking about is like, by the time you get to "And Justice for All," and they put out the music video for one. Um, that famously was the moment where the diehard Metallica fans were like, boo, you sold out, you know, really, because they, it's
2: such a good, but song. it's because
0: Metallica had for years been saying, oh, we're not going to put out a video. You know, that's the easy thing to do. Oh, and then they, then okay. they did it, but whatever. Um, anyway, so you got a little taste there of the thrash metal that was on Kill 'Em all with that one clip, but let's get right into right. The lightning here. And we're going to do the first track. It's called Fight Fire with Fire. Q, what's your first impression
2: uh i am into it dude that's that's some speed metal i'll I'll give him that
0: <laughs> yeah i mean that that's a classic thrash riff right there um just that 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 level of uh or that that speed um but what did you think of the acoustic sort of intro there
2: it was very pretty
0: right and almost classical and-
2: sounding right yeah it was yeah yeah and you know we're not going to get into the what seems like global hatred of Lars for for some reason he's a good drummer dude like he's a solid drummer I mean you
0: know I'm not a drummer so I don't know what it is about his drumming that that people love to hate you know but I mean maybe you can shred. So, I mean, is it because he relies on the double bass so much?
2: I honestly, I don't know because I'm not that kind of drummer, um, you know, but I don't know. Like you're more in the metal scene, I guess, yeah, than I am like, I'm just, a, what
0: it, I'm just a fan from the outside, you
2: know? Well, but have you actually read what it is that people love to hate about Lars? I feel like I've
0: heard, dude. Uh, This is random right here, dude. But I just read I'm reading the Wikipedia page and I'm just read a sentence that popped out at me because of the name in the sentence here. It says, Music journalist Martin Popoff observed that Ride the Lightning offered sophistication and brutality in equal measure. And as seen Oh my god was seen as something new at the time of its release. Wow, dude. Who knew that we were amongst fucking Music journalism royalty.
2: People that are worthy of being quoted on Wikipedia. Holy shit.
0: So anyway, there's another shout out to Martin. So what's interesting about that acoustic riff, or at least to me, is that it actually came from Cliff, the bass player. James Hetfield said in an interview that they did that Cliff used to play that, that riff like all the time. And then it just made its way onto the album. So I just think that's cool. So um, Cliff is actually he, he deserves a lot of credit for the sound that Metallica started to develop um this early on, you know, in their career, because he was sort of more uh classically trained, I guess. And he sort of introduced like his like he brought his knowledge of music theory to the band and like sort of taught them like, hey, here's like how to structure songs in a more like classical way, you know, wow. and that shows up in a big, big way at the end of this record, uh, with call of Cthulhu, which is where we're, we're going to play that uh, a little bit later. So anyway, um, as everyone knows, actually, you know, we have another clip. We have another clip from fire with fire. Um, because this is, you're going to hear the guitar solo in this clip. And this is one of my favorite guitar solos on the record. Um, because it's got these two very distinct parts and it's got some dual guitar playing, which is kind of Mm -hmm. a, a a nod back to our chemist episode where, um, you know, I was gushing over the way that those two guys uh, would, would, would do uh, dual guitar solos. So maybe it's a nod back to Metallica, you know? So anyway, let's play the second clip. Um, This is the, uh, the solo for fight fire with fire.
2: is just so satisfying I know dude it's
0: um <laughs> there's just something about about the uh, like the the sonic sonic harmonies you know and I love how you know there's that stretch where it's just Lars and his double bass you know and then like the main thrash riff comes back in I love the way they do that because it's like it's almost like the 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 guitar is sort of like kind of like running into it like sort of catching up and running into it do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Are you just saying? No. Are you just saying yeah? <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah.
3: Anyway. Uh, all right. Let's get to the next
0: track. And I know that I'm I'm breaking like the golden cardinal rule of like of no filler. But For Whom the Bell Tolls is one of my favorite Metallica songs. And it's I mean, I can't. I can't not play it. I'm going to be disappointed if I don't get to talk about this song. So um, we're going to do it, and you know, it was it was a promotional single too, by the way. So I don't know, maybe that doesn't count. Oh, uh, you know, there you, you go. Kind of getting okay, kind of you know skirting the rules here a little bit. But um, I think, and I'm I also want to play the song and talk about it with you because I think this is a good this song is a good example of um metal when it's done right, or at least in my opinion, like this is a type of, of song metal song that, that, that I love. And it's a great example of how Metallica has always been such good, like storytellers with their songs. So anyway, um, for whom the bell tolls, if you're a fan of Metallica, this is the song you, this is probably, you know, the song is, is not new to you by any stretch of the imagination. You know what I mean? It's one of their classic songs. It's one of their most iconic songs. Um, but anyway, we're gonna talk
2: about it. I'm not it. even a metal fan and I know a good chunk of the lyrics in this song.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's been used in in, you know, movies and stuff. Like if you've ever seen the movie Zombieland, mm-hmm. there was a really kick-ass um, like sort of montage in the beginning of like slow motion. Like zombies and shit running through the streets to this song. And yeah. it, was, it was fucking yeah. the most fucking metal thing that's ever happened in movies, dude. I mean, that's not true. All right. So let's, let's, uh, let's hear it. I've got two, got two clips. Uh, let's just get right into it. All right, so that was the mainly just the intro that I wanted to play. Um, and what I love about it is it's two minutes before he starts saying anything, you know? And it does such a great job of, like, setting the tone and the mood, especially with the bells, like, right off the
2: gate, you know? Yeah, the bells to- tolling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the
0: tolling bells. Yeah.
2: Uh, so is that something that just wasn't happening in metal? you know, like two minute instrumental intros before starting a song? Is that like, were they one of the first ones to do that? No.
0: Um, I mean, if you think about back to, if we go back to the origin, if you will, to the to, to Black Sabbath, the title track to their first album, it was a similar kind of thing. And it even had bells in it in the intro. But, um, like you know, what made it Metallica being sort of, um, I don't want to say innovative, but like, changing and, and, and evolving their sound is it's, you know, in contrast to the thrashy kill of all stuff, it's a risk on their part, you know, to do something like this. I mean, I would say that this is still one of the, like one of the heaviest songs in their catalog, not on like speed or like necessarily like the tone, but just the, like the, the lyrics and stuff, the subject matter. The,
2: and the, imagery. The, yeah, the
0: atmosphere that they're that they're painting here you know
2: i'm sure you mentioned this earlier but uh how many years in between ride the lightning and kill the moonlight
0: <laughs> <laughs> was that an actual slip right there yes it was uh, i didn't do that on purpose
2: um, how many years
0: it might not have even been a full year i mean kill them all came out in 83 ride the lightning in 84 as far as when the songs were written and stuff, it's probably all sort of in the same like general span of that
2: of that year, you know. Wow. So, and you and you said that that Cliff, you feel like, had a lot to do with with the change in their approach to writing songs. Yeah, absolutely. Because what, was he was he in the Kill 'Em All sessions?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He was the bass player okay. up until he died in the in the bus wreck, the tour bus wreck. Yeah. Also, I have to set the record straight, which is something we haven't done in a while. Although there's plenty of times probably where we should have done it and we didn't realize it. Oh, yeah. But um, I said that that this was uh, Cliff's last record. It's not true. He was on Master of Puppets as well. So I was uh, I fucked up.
2: That's all right, dude. Hey, you're setting the record straight and it's fine. Setting the record straight. Setting the record straight. So anyway,
0: because of Cliff's background and knowledge
2: of music
0: theory and stuff. He deserves a lot of credit for the Metallica sound, you know? Um, So anyway, uh, we're going to keep listening to the song because we didn't really hear any verse or chorus. Uh, So let's pick it up again here where we left off. Um, And again, this is For Whom the Bell Tolls. And that's kind of how it, it it fades out, and that's the rest of the song. So um there's a part with the lyrics there um, in the second, I guess it's the second verse. He says, take a look to the sky just before you die. It's the last time he will. And then usually in, in the performances, like they shut the lights off in the arena, you know? And it's just really like, it's just... I don't know. It's fucking awesome. That's all I have to say about that.
4: But anyway, I love You've the lyrics. Them live.
0: I've seen them live once. Um, it was, you know, maybe a decade ago. Um, you know, it's just wonderful. not you go things. with Spencer? Yeah, we actually drove to Arkansas to see. Dude, it. that was 10 years ago? Probably. Whew. Maybe more than that. But anyway, uh um, Where does the time go? It it marches on, Q. Oh. Wow. Uh, anyway, uh I just love the lyrics, man. I think James has always uh, his t- his lyrics are what have have sort of attracted me to
2: Metallica in in a lot of ways. He's a good songwriter. He, he, good he, yeah, teller. he's a
0: good he's a good storyteller. Like I was saying, and, and it's worth mentioning. It's not James. It's not just James who writes the lyrics. It's a lot of times, it's James and and Lars are the ones who who come up with with the lyrics and like the, okay. the main riffs I didn't know that about Lars. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean Lars and James have been you know they're they're the two founding mem- members of the band and they've been there since the beginning, you know. Anyway, uh so this song was kind of uh the first one of the first Metallica songs to talk about um and like sort of the anti-war commentary. Um and that's obviously when you get to Master of Puppets almost the entire album is about like anti-war. You know, you got that song, Disposable
2: Heroes. Does one show up on Master of Puppets or am I still wrong? No, man. How many times do I got to tell you? God. That's on God, I "Justice forgetting. for All. I'm sorry. Um, but that's about a soldier, right?
0: Yes. Yes. That's what I'm saying. It's a theme that, that 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 they write about throughout, you know. But this was one of the first songs where they wrote about that. Um, and uh notice that there was no guitar solo in the song.
2: The drums were super simple, right? Very simple. I liked how he, um, you know, the... Dun, 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 I kind of like how Lars just does a a, a drum fill that just goes right along with what the, with, with the guitar is doing. And maybe that's what people give him shit for because that's kind of an easy way out. But I thought it was impactful. It goes
0: along with the song, though. Like, there's aside from you know like like i was saying uh, there's no guitar solo the drums are really simple there's even a quote here i'm reading an article where they talk about each song on this record and Lars says we often use for whom the bell tolls as a reference point for chasing simplicity so mm. it, you know they were very like purposeful about that and i think again it's like that's that's what made probably some of their fans like jump off and not not really hang on you know is because if you came to the next Metallica record coming off of Kill 'em All expecting more of the same, like you're you're going to be disappointed. But if you're, you know, maybe I would I could say like a more true fan, like you probably appreciated and respected them even more because of the risks that they would take and the changes that they would make, you know. I mean, you and I talk about this all the time with bands. It's like all the time. Man, they really they really changed after this record and I'm not a fan of it
2: anymore. You know? So what happened? Yeah. Well, they're constantly evolving as a group. Uh, yeah. I, I I am more okay with it now. As long as it's not a situation where they clearly, quote unquote, sold
0: out. Yeah, where they're changing and it seems like they're changing, not necessarily
2: because... To appease the record of, label or something like that. I'm yeah. not... I, I can't get into that, of obviously, right. But yeah, you know, I, I I can appreciate a band evolving in their sound, and it would be weird if they didn't, right?
0: I mean, as um as Metallica kind of always talked about, like in these early interviews and stuff, they just were doing what what they wanted to do. You know what I mean? Like they were trying not to follow any cliches, and they. If they wanted to experiment and like do something crazy, like they would they would do it. So they always kind of followed themselves as far as like what they wanted to do, like they would do it. And like it's why they are one of the best metal bands of all time, you know, because of those risks that they would take and whatnot. All right. So we got one more song here to play from this record. And it is their first instrumental song to show up um on a record and of course it's you know due due in part to if not entirely to Cliff Burton and the way that he sort of wanted to introduce more complex song structures and stuff to their songwriting all right so this song is called the call of cthulhu So, um, what's, like I said, what's kind of important about the song is that it's, you know, really the, um, the first song that, where they, they took this concept of like, Hey, let's, you know, let's make a, a really complex arrangement, you know, but through the Metallica lens. Right. Um, and it was, uh, again, like another, another hat tip to, to Mr. Burton, um, he like, both him and Kirk, Kirk Hammond is, is famously, um, uh, known as being like a, like a horror, uh, fan and enthusiast. And, um, I think, uh, Burton was, was also sort of, um, uh, a fan of that, of that genre. So he was reading a lot of H.P. Lovecraft at the time and the Cthulhu, Cthulhu, or Cthulhu character, shows up in that short story uh, in, in the book, The Shadow Over Innsmouth. And um, Burton introduced the rest of the band to that story. And so they took the idea of like, you know, Cthulhu, this, this you know, god or whatever, this alien creature, um, and just sort of ran with, with that idea. And they changed the spelling of Cthulhu to Cthulhu, K-T-U-L-U, for easier pronunciation, at least that's what it says. Or they just, they didn't know how to fucking spell it, you know. And they just cover their tracks like, oh yeah, we just, you know, we did that on purpose. All right, so before we play uh, the next clip from Call of Cthulhu, let's let's take a, let's take a quick break. And we're back. All right, let's play the next clip here. Uh, Again, this is Call of Cthulhu. so there you go. Pretty sweet guitar solo right there, right?
2: It was good. I uh, I don't listen to a lot of music with the guitar solo, so I don't know what's good and what's not, dude. I mean, it's not a bad guitar solo. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah, that's good. You know what I liked about it? I, I, it seemed like throughout the entirety of the buildup, like you were saying, it was building up. It seemed like there were like just little guitar riff solo type stuff just kind of going on in the background all the way up to this like legit solo. Sure, yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean the guitar solo is definitely the uh, the climax, right? Um, yeah. So here's something that I like to do, Q. And maybe this is corny and stupid, but we've heard for, in episodes past that you like to and sometimes imagine some goofy shit when you're listening to music. Remember that discussion
2: about Tosca? We did our Tosca oh, episode yeah, the, back in the day. The lady with with the bubble bath. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, dude. What do you think of with when you hear Well, Cthulhu? you have
0: to, I mean, it's you got to think about what this song is doing, right? It's called The Call of Cthulhu or Cthulhu, right? Also, interestingly enough, I was reading some more about this while that second clip was playing. Some people theorize that the reason that they changed the name... Uh, or they changed the spelling of Cthulhu is because, according to the story, mentioning Cthulhu by name or writing his name Mm -hmm. will summon him.
2: That's like saying Bloody Mary three times.
0: Yeah, so maybe they were trying to help out their fans and themselves by changing the spelling. Um,
2: That's really thoughtful of them.
0: Yeah, wasn't it? So this song, um, anyway, like I was trying to say, like you got to think about, it, like it starts kind of s- slower, right, and it's got this build up, like they are, you're summoning Cthulhu, or you know, Cthulhu is, you know, emerging out of, you know, wherever the fuck he comes from, right?
2: Yeah, the depths of the ocean or Whatever something. I don't know is, anything yeah. about that sure. that creature. Yeah, me neither. Anyway,
0: you know, you got to think of it that way. Like it's you're building up to this like kind of crescendo,
2: and then. He's, you know, he has appeared, you know? Yeah, I can see that, dude. I can see, like, choppy, stormy waters and Cthulhu just emerging from the depths. Right, yeah. And, like, this thing,
0: like, they've they've done stuff like that kind of throughout, right? Like, if you go on later to Master of Puppets and listen to a song called The Thing That Should Not Be, which is also inspired by the same story, and written by Cliff Burton, I've always interpreted the guitar solo as this thing that should not be because it sounds the solo itself sounds like this like really like almost like it, it sounds monster like. And if you go back to to Kill 'em All and listen to the Four Horsemen, their guitar uh, like the cadence in their guitar playing, the the stroke of the of the guitar uh, pick whatever the fuck you want to call it. Sounds like galloping horses, you know what I mean? So like they, that's kind of what, what, they're, what they're doing, you know? Anyway, uh, another quick fact about this song. Um, it showed up originally on a four song demo for Ride the Lightning under a different name. Uh, it was originally called When Hell Freezes Over. I'm kind of glad that they changed the name to call it Cthulhu because I think that's a cooler name, but one of the reasons uh, that they changed it is because they sort of were realizing that like a lot of metal bands like to throw the word hell or Satan into their song titles. And because they wanted to avoid cliches, they didn't want to have a, a song on their record with the word hell in it. So anyway, all right, that's that man. Um, I want to circle back and do injustice for all at some point, because that's my favorite Metallica album. And I want to, I want to pay it proper justice. You know, <laughs> you see what I did there?
2: Um, Oh, I see what you did. Now. Yeah.
3: yeah.
0: Anyway. So we'll do that later. I don't know when we're going to do it. Cause after next week's sidetrack, our metal month is officially over. So we're going to switch it up. And man, if you don't like metal, um, you haven't you haven't been listening probably to to any of our last few episodes, you know. So hopefully we'll we'll bring back the uh, the non metal fans. Uh, maybe we'll give them some stuff to listen to here in a little bit. In yeah, a couple we should weeks. do like
2: we, we should almost pull a 180 if we can. Yeah. Well, I mean we we can. Let let's yeah let's let's do something a little bit a little bit lighter for the month of November. Yeah. Yeah. We will. All right. Um.
0: That's that. Um, like I said, our metal month here is coming to an end, but next week I've got a band, uh, sort of another thrash metal band that, that we're going to talk about that, um, I've always loved this record. Um, it's a band called prong. Q, have you heard about prong before? Never heard prong. Okay. Well, this is a fun record, man. I love it. All right. Let's do our what you heard's because we did not get a chance to do those last week. And, man, t- I've got a doozy for us this week, dude. But I'll let you go first.
2: What you what you heard lately? I heard this on the radio. Don't even have to mention the name of the station anymore. Uh, so I don't know if maybe I've just been, like, more into, like, more poppy stuff just because I've been getting buried in metal this last month. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I heard this song by an artist named Hatchie. Uh that's what she goes by. Her name's Harriet Pillbeam. She's a singer-songwriter from Australia. Harriet Pillbeam. Harriet Pilbeam. Okay. Yeah. Um and like so I actually listened to a, to a good chunk of the, of this album or so, uh, this of this album of hers that came out just this past June. It's called Keepsake and it's just a straight up pop album. I mean like it's just what it is you know it's just easy listening radio friendly for the most part you know it's just a pop album um but the song that i heard on kexp just kind of stuck with me um she does mention my bloody valentine uh suzy sue um shit some other my bloody valentine are we about to hear some more shoegaze Q? no well no i i, I think it's more influence than anything, you'll hear it a little bit okay. with uh, a, gu- a guitar line that pops up in, in this clip that I'm going to play. Right. Um, but no, she she's classified as dream pop, which, like we had said in the past, dream pop and shoegaze can be kind of synonymous. But she's way more poppy than that. Um, anyways, really good song. It's been kind of popping in my head ever since I heard it last week. Uh, so this is a song from Hatchie's... Uh, debut studio album that came out earlier this year. The album is called Keepsake, and this song is called Obsessed.
0: I love that stuff, man.
2: There's something like 90s about it. Uh she mentions the like the Cranberries as an influence yeah, as well. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, dude, that's that's just one of those songs, man. Like I heard it and I was like, oh, shit, I'm into this, man. This it's just it's just a, a feel good song. Yeah, yeah. So the,
0: is the whole record like that?
2: Uh yeah, like I said, it's like don't go into this album expecting anything more than just a, you know, polished good it's just a pop album you know like it the really catchy catchy hooks
0: i definitely agree with the 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 the, the dream pop label i think her voice kind of has that vibe
2: yeah it's good it's good stuff
0: um okay so i went and saw um dive last week and this was a band that we had actually i had brought the single one of the singles uh as my sidetrack a couple weeks back off of their record, Deceiver, their new record, Deceiver. Um, And, you know...
2: It's a great album. Great album, right? I've listened to it a few times now since it came out.
0: It's a solid record. Um, Yeah. But I'm bringing something else to the table. The reason I mentioned Dive is because the band that I saw open for them led me down a path... Um, And, uh, you know, this is probably not news to anybody who is following indie bands right now, but I feel like, or I'm hopeful that this trend continues. It seems to me like grunge might be having a revival right now. So this band that opened for them, and the funny thing is like, this is confusing as fuck because the band that opened for them, is also not my sidetrack. But they were, <laughs> they're were. they called Chastity. You said sidetrack. You meant what you heard. Yeah, they're not my what you heard. But um, this band is called Chastity. And they had a song at the end that was like... And the funny thing is my wife and I showed up as they were playing their last song. Um, I'm not ashamed to admit that I'm at the stage where a lot of times I... Show up late to concerts now just to see the headliner because,
2: oh, dude, I I still I, I got to catch the openers, man. Well, you never know what you're gonna. You I know, know, and
0: I'm glad that I that we showed up to catch this last. I mean, you're proving me saying this is proving that
2: yeah, I'm, I'm stupid it, you, you for doing up. this,
0: but yeah, you know, it was a weeknight and like we don't have. I, I'm getting to the to the age that I don't have the the energy to stand up for three hours
2: ooh, dude hmm.
0: depends on the venue dude but what i'm saying is like
2: <laughs> you know we're the same age right
0: i know that but i'm saying after a day's work you know uh, yeah, whatever no, I, hey yeah. you know what man i know, not, really a shame. No, dude. not a shame. i know and plus you know my wife's with me and she also you know i gotta think about her too you know anyway this band chastity chastity They looked like they were from the nineties as far as their dress. And that's another thing. Like that's, I think that's pretty obvious. If you walk through like Target or the mall nineties and, and especially the grunge aesthetic is coming back. And as far as fashion
2: is concerned. Sure. Dude, try, try living up here, man. It never left.
0: Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, anyway, it sounded straight up like a, as far as the riff, the bass, it was Nirvana big time. Okay. And the record, I mean, the, the singer, uh, he's not so much, he, he has his own kind of approach to the way he sings. He's, he's bringing in some some other sprinkling and some other influences and stuff. But anyway, I was like, man, this is, this is sweet, man. Like I, I'm all about this shit. I want Grunge to come back. You know what I mean? So I went and I sort of looked into them a little bit. And I found this other band um, on Spotify called Narrowhead. And they're actually from Houston. And they're super young. This album came out in 2016, so it's a few years old. But man, they've got they've got it. the 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 grunge sound is back, at least on this record. And it's making me hopeful that this is a trend. All right, so enough hype, enough talk.
2: Yeah, let's hear it, man.
0: This song is called "Feels Like Sand," and I fucking love this song. It's it's fucking great. So let's hear it. This again, this is. Feels Like Sand by Narrow Head.
2: Damn, dude. Damn. Yeah, I'm into that. It's, yeah. The
0: whole record is like that. Ooh, man, that's good. It's great. Um,
2: I like their harmonizing. Yeah. Um, and it, that's that's some heavy shit, dude. It is.
0: I mean, it's the heavier side of grunge, but it's, yeah.
2: it, it, what I like about it's, it is- Man, that's good. Yeah.
0: Again, dude, like when I heard this this record, I was like- Let's fucking do with this, man. Let's bring back grunge.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I love the album cover, too.
0: All right. So here's something else I wanted to point out. I'm glad you mentioned that. Type in right now into Spotify, Siamese Dream, because it's the record cover for, you see that? You see the color palette?
2: The color palette. That's not a fucking
0: coincidence. So if you pull that up side by side, like it's literally the same colors.
2: It's the same colors, but 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 they throw on some blue, with the exception of greenish, the teal. Blue. But I mean, I yeah,
0: I can't. Yeah, you're right. There's no way that that's not on purpose. So, um, yeah. Siamese Dream had you know, by Smashing Pumpkins, did like a re release of the record, and like they sort of did this like duo tone thing on the photo of the two girls, and it's got this orange background, and it's literally the same color palette,
2: with it, the exception you're right. of the green. It's, it's- it's the same orange and, and purple, yeah, yeah,
0: so again, yeah. it's like you know they're not even hiding it, right? Anyway, so um, I kind of gave away my. That's great, man. Yeah, listen to that record. It's called Satisfaction, and for me, like it's probably going to be pretty pretty easy for me to catch a live show because they're from Texas, so first chance I get, I'm gonna go see these guys. Um,
2: cool, dude, I would love to hear some of that.
0: but yeah, dude, i'm I'm fucking all about this, dude. I want this to happen in a big, bad way. All right. So next week, like I said, um, our very last metal episode, probably for a good while, is going to be a thrash metal band called Prong. Um, and uh, I think it's going to be a good way to to wrap up the, the metal month with a nice little bow. And, and then uh, in November, uh, do we want to spill beans, Q, or do we want to? Um, we're not.
2: No, no, let's not spill beans yet. Dude. All right.
0: All right well like you said it's going to be a shift a dramatic shift from metal because you know even at this point i'm fucking tired of metal dude <laughs> i'm just kidding that's not true but it'll be nice it'll be nice to to change it up uh after after a month of of metal so i'm excited all right uh so that's that check out pantheonpodcast.com where you can find a link to our website and you can find a ton of other great music podcast content. And uh, that's that. We'll be back next week for our final metal episode for the month of October. Actually, technically, it'll be November by then, which is nuts. But um, yeah, where the hell does time go, dude? It <laughs> marches on. It marches on to the bell. Exactly. The tolls. Metallica was right. It, it marches on. All right, um, that'll do it. My name is Travis.
2: And I'm Quentin. I'll see y'all later.